0: Body. I'm Ryan from Fireside Yankees, joined by Yankees writer for NJ.com, Max Goodman. Max, thank you so much for stopping by. Really appreciate you coming by and answering some questions. How are you doing today, my friend? And yeah, like let, let us know what's going on right now.
1: I'm good, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Uh, just counting down the days until uh, baseball is really back, um, making some Super Bowl plans these next couple of days. And yeah, just itching to get down to Tampa. You know, we're we're, we're almost there. Yeah, before we get into the baseball,
0: you got any Super Bowl predictions? You, you, you know who's going to win or not? Oh, my gosh.
1: I, I think I'm rooting against the Chiefs just because they're always there. But I, I really didn't keep in touch with the NFL this year, to be completely honest. Um, my biggest hope is that it's a close game. I think it's when the Super Bowl comes down to the wire, that's always fun. Um, and I'm looking forward to the the movie trailer commercials,
0: <laughs> yeah, the commercials are great. And, you know, as a Giants fan and I have to watch, you know, two really good teams with good offenses play, and I just sulk in misery. So right. I'm gonna be a little bit miserable during that game. Uh, but as it pertains to baseball, you know, being on the beat comes with traveling a lot. There's a lot of travel that goes into that. What ballpark has become your favorite to visit since covering the team?
1: Ooh, well, it, I love going to every ballpark. You know, I'm I'm of the the age and mindset where it's it's like a pinch me moment to be in any of these places and and get paid to go there for work. Um, so the answer for me touches on like who do I know in that area? I've got family in Seattle. I really like that ballpark. Um, I was talking to you before we started recording. I interned in Miami and I've got some family down uh, Marlins Park, Lone Depot, whatever you want to call it, uh, Safeco in Seattle, right? Um, as a fan, I really like San Francisco. I haven't been there yet for work, um, but, man, I'll rattle off a couple. Fenway is great with the history. Um, the press box is kind of antiquated and a little tight. You've got to walk through the fans to get to the clubhouse, too, so you got to factor that in for us when you're, you're trying to get through at the end of a game. Um, the Trop has a great work environment, actually. I don't know if anyone's ever told you that. Um Minnesota is a little underrated, but even Oakland, right? Like these stadiums have character. Uh, Maybe the area right around it isn't the best, but um, I was a little bummed that, but they're not going to be there anymore as much as I do love Las Vegas. But every trip is fun, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's a new environment. And as you mentioned, each stadium kind of has character. Like there are quirks to each one. Like we could talk about whether the Trop is a great ballpark, but that doesn't really matter in the context of like, hey, it's just different. Like it's very unique to Yankee Stadium. It's It, it also has a dome and has all those unique like the catwalks and everything. Um, but you talked about that internship with Miami. You know, you didn't just become a great New York rider, one of the best in the New York media scene right now. That writes comes with a process, and can you talk us a little bit through your journey in baseball and media, and what drove you to become a baseball writer?
1: Well, first of all, I appreciate you saying that. I've got a long way to go. Um, it started for me with the the cliche story. I was growing up in New York City, loved baseball, um, was a Yankee fan as a kid. Um, I almost got Tommy John in high school when I was pitching, and at that point, I kind of realized that that dream might have not been obtainable uh, attainable, I should say, And both my parents are in the performing arts. Uh, My mom is in an off-Broadway show here, and my dad used to act, did a lot of commercials. Now he directs and teaches more so. And so seeing them entertaining people throughout my childhood, mixed with my love for sports, was how I kind of came on uh, deciding that I wanted to pursue uh, journalism. And I applied to a bunch of different schools, was fortunate enough to get into Northwestern, didn't necessarily think that would happen. Um, And couldn't be more grateful for that experience uh, it, it worked out 110 percent for me um, they they've helped me set up you know internships that that won in miami with MLB.com. I entered at ESPN while I was at school and the the love for baseball has never gone away so um that was always my dream to to cover it in some way and I'm not sure what what the future holds but very very happy and and thankful to be in this position now
0: yeah, absolutely. And it's it's crazy because there's a, like a lot of these stories end up being when it comes to like the backgrounds of somebody who gets into the writing scene or whatever. It's, you know, a love for baseball that, you know, they applied it through writing and they wanted to still be involved in baseball or whatever it may be. You said the dream wasn't attainable. Your pin suite would suggest it's not, you know, you got a pretty good swing, man. Like that ball was crushed. You want to tell us a little bit about the media game?
1: I appreciate that. Um, it is one of the better traditions in the industry, I would say. Um, Yankees media against Red Sox media. Um, we did it at Fenway two seasons ago and then last year at Yankee Stadium. The rain outs on both sides, vice versa. So it's usually in the past before the pandemic, it was both stadiums every year. So hopefully it'll be that case uh, this year. But yeah, I, I don't remember the name of the pitcher that came in for Boston, but he was a, a southpaw, not throwing too, too hard. And the uh, the pink bat that I'm using is Marwin Gonzalez's Mother's Day bat, which you know the Yankees gave us a couple bats to use, and got a pitch up in the zone and, and turned on it. I was just as surprised as everyone else. I mean, I I don't play anymore, um, and when I throw, my elbow still hurts. So, <laughs> uh, as much as the media game is fun, it's also a, an injury concern for all of us out there, hamstring wise, and 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 the like, right? Because we don't get to stretch too much. But yeah, incredible experience looking forward to this year as well
0: yeah i mean hey man look if we have enough injuries this year we, we might need to put you out of left field like at this yeah. point like <laughs> hey maybe you get one out this year like who knows man like that especially in fact fe- you get a little bit of arc on it you know you got that left field wall maybe who knows um or, or the pesky pole maybe you got some apple power I, I don't know i i don't i didn't get to see the stat cast page on you before we recorded this episode but when it re- pertains to the yankees the non-roster invites are now out There are some really extremely like interesting prospects that are on that list. We'll get to see him at spring training. Who is the one that you're the most forward to seeing looking the most forward to seeing and why should viewers at home be paying attention to them?
1: It's a couple different ones, right? I mean, I think um, Spencer Jones is the biggest name. He's the biggest guy on that list. uh, No pun intended. I'm very curious to see how he handles more of a full slate of, of big league pitching. Um, The potential there is tremendous, monumental, But if he can't cut down on the swing and miss and the strikeout, it's going to be a tougher transition for him as much as he has all of the tools. So, you know, he it seems like he's on a similar timing path as Dominguez this time last year. Right. I mean, he had the taste of double A. I'm sure he'll probably start there, barring any, you know, unforeseen circumstances. And he could he could climb up pretty quickly. Right. If all goes well. Um it also makes you think about what the future is with the outfield with, you know, do they want to bring Juan Soto back? Dominguez is there. Judge isn't going anywhere. So I think the Yankees are going to be considering all of those factors. And this is a big spring for him. Um, definitely looking forward to seeing Chase Hampton and Will Warren throw, because I think both of them could have an impact this year. And, and they are, you know, highly touted, top rank. They've been that way for years. They've excelled in the minors. Warren is obviously closer because he spent much of last year in AAA everything we hear about him seems to be that, that he's going to, you know, excel in the majors as well. Um, and like I said, I think that they'll, they'll be counted on this year at some point. And then selfishly for me, cause I, I wrote a, a big story on Ben Rice last year. Um, curious to see how he handles this, this spring and into this season, how he's going to be able to build on such a breakout campaign that he had last year. One of the all around hitters in the entire farm system, uh, and, and could be a good fit as a lefty, if he's going to catch, if he's going to play first down the road. Um, but he can hit for contact and he has power. So, uh, this could be a big spring for him too.
0: Yeah. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the piece you did on Ben Rice. So, you know, it was a really well fleshed out piece. Uh, there are a lot of really interesting tidbits in there. Um, you know, can you tell us a little bit about what the process of putting that piece together was like, and what were some things that stood out about Ben Rice when you were making that article?
1: Sure. Yeah. It, it, it took a long time because I, I talked to so many different people. I lost count. Um, but those are the most rewarding stories to work on w- when you're in our shoes. And that's not to say that the day-to-day stuff isn't rewarding too, but it kind of, I'm not going to say it breaks up the monotony of of the season. Right. But, but you're, you're diving into these, you know, at the time he wasn't ranked, right. He, he was still starting to have that breakout season. Um, I think it's cool to shine a light on on the guys that really haven't been in the public eye too much, um, and I'm starting to work on another story about that that everyone will, will be able to read soon in the next couple of weeks on another different prospect. Um, but the most interesting part of that, I guess, for me was was how he handled the pandemic, and you know he went to Dartmouth. It's it's not a, a you know big name D one school, and he barely had any time playing in college because of the pandemic shutting down those seasons, and it was kind of just a impressive by the Yankees with their old school scouting techniques just to get eyes on him whenever they could whether it was in a men's league a summer league uh workouts that they would hold in the in the northeast season Massachusetts kid um and it it certainly seems to have worked out for the Yankees right them going the extra mile Matt Hyde is the scout um that that had a big impact there Damon Oppenheimer of course having a role there too so uh we'll see what happens right he hasn't gotten to the majors yet he hasn't become the the big leaguer that they hope that he will be but um, so far so good when it comes to a what was it 14th round pick I mean you can't complain about that
0: yeah and you know a lot of people don't know this because you know again college is kind of a little weird when it comes to college baseball and the draft isn't a really big deal in major league baseball in comparison to like football or basketball where even a third round pick in the NFL has almost instant league impact right like people don't understand Dartmouth played in the Ivy League. So, you know, the Ivy League schools didn't have a 2021 season. So that's two years and, most importantly, his draft year where he's not playing. So, yeah, he's entering his age 25 season. And, look, he hasn't played a game in AAA. But a lot of that has more to do with a lack of just ability to get games in. Not as much a matter of he hasn't been good enough. So certainly will be interesting to watch him in spring. And and I'm really excited to see the next PCF coming out. Um, And, you know, kind of shifting gears here. You talked about Ward. You talked about Hampton. They could have uh, roles in this major league team. Pitching is a huge question for the Yankees. Do you think they did enough to address the rotation? Or do you feel like they have to make another move before the season begins?
1: I think they did a a good job with what they had in front of them. Um, The Yamamoto sweepstakes, it it seems like it was a a race they could have never been victorious in. I think that he was going to go to the Dodgers no matter what. Um, So they did their best there. The offer that they had on the table reportedly was an impressive one. Um, so it's not like they didn't try and you know switching gears briefly here I mean the offense was their biggest issue last year and they've improved quite a bit I mean their outfield is now one of the best in the majors um, and if their younger guys can perform this year I think they have a, a much better lineup the, the vets too um, but yeah when you when you look at this offseason going into spring training I mean the the starting rotation is the big question mark it is the the huge overarching what if for this year, right? Because other than Garrett Cole, I think the entire rotation is you're just not sure even Clark Schmidt, like, is he going to be able to handle uh, a year coming off the the biggest workload in his career? And can he continue to take steps forward? And, you know, I like the Marcus Stroman signing. I think he can be a really good fit for them with his sinker. The fact that he'll, he'll, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve when he's out there. I think that'll do well and, and Yankees fans will like him, uh, especially if he performs, but He wasn't the best in the second half, and he has some injury concerns, too. Obviously, uh, Cortez and and Rodon, too. So, you know, maybe they try to trade for somebody at the deadline if they need to. Uh, The other factor here is that the depth is kind of unproven, right? Like Luke Weaver is their sixth starter right now. And a lot of the guys that it seems like they'll count on this year, as we talked about, are prospects or or Luis Gil, Juandres Gomez, guys that haven't really had that much big league service time just yet. And as much as the Yankees have faith in them, we don't know what, what we're going to see from them. So, you know, do I think they should go out and sign Blake Snell? I, I personally don't. I don't know if that fits the budget. And hey, there are concerns with him too, right? I mean, he's been very hot or cold. It'd be two times Cy Young award winner. He knows what he's doing out there, but he also has some down years and and he's on the other side of thirty too, right? So you don't want to necessarily give him too, too much. So- you know, it wasn't perfect by any means, and that's why I think I'd give them between a B-plus and an A-minus this offseason. They got a lot better, but the rotation is going to be key. And if they get off to a cold start like they did last spring and some guys get hurt, some guys aren't pitching well in spring training, I mean, that's that's the worst case scenario for this team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of like from the Yankees perspective, like you, you're trusting the organization that, they, that they're that they scouting and that their development ha- can get guys that are unproven to the points they need to be to be reliable depth arms. And if they don't, it's going to reflect really poorly. And it would be a second year where it's, you know, hey, you know, like with left field last year, although I think the rotation's in a much better spot than they were in left field last year because they have major league starters. I didn't feel like they even had major leaguers playing left field for most parts of the season. Or, you know, outfielders in general. Like, I think Isaiah Kanafuffa is a major leaguer. I think it would be disrespectful to say he isn't. But is he an outfielder? That was still a question mark. Um, And and having, uh, again, a lot of young guys you alluded to, there's a lot of pressure on guys who just don't have a lot of major league experience. But projections seem to like this roster. Fangraphs and Pakoda. Both released their projections this past week, and they view the Yankees as a team to beat in the American League East. is a little more favorable on them. They have winning the winning division by, I think, like six games. Fangraphs is more like a couple of games. Do you think they'll win the AL East this year? And if not, where do you have them finishing?
1: Man, I'd be surprised if they ran away with the AL East, like the uh, Picota projection, Um I personally think as of now, they'd be a second place team behind the Orioles. I don't see Baltimore taking that big of a step back. I mean, both of those outlets have Baltimore in third in the division, I think. And as much as they're missing their closer Bautista, I mean, Kimbrel's a, a volatile reliever at this point in his career, but I feel like they're just going to get better. Right. I mean, short of like sophomore junior slumps for their big names and maybe Jackson holiday needs uh time to, to turn into the prospect that we all think he can be. Um, they didn't really, you know, take steps back in terms of the offense that they have. And they won 101 games. So do I think the Yankees are 20 games better than they were last year? I mean, man, it's hard to tell because it, everything needs to go right for them to be a, a, a division winner. I think they're a playoff team with the improvements that they made. But is Giancarlo Stanton going to bounce back? Can Anthony Rizzo get back to the form that he had before the you know, collision at first base with Tatis? What is D.J. LeMahieu going to look like? Can Anthony Volpe take steps forward and grow? Will Austin Wells have a good first full season? What do you get from Dominguez coming back, right? I mean, you could go down the entire roster, and those were just some offensive guys, and we started talking about the pitching staff. So I think they can rely on their two big superstars. I think that Soto and Judge are going to have tremendous seasons, and some other guys in the lineup will step up, and we'll get to that a little bit too. And I think the bullpen will be great because that's what the Yankees specialize in. Um, but if the rotation starts to unravel and certain vets or youngsters face adversity and, and don't perform consistently, I, I, I don't think it's a safe bet to think they're going to win 95 games, but is is a high second place finish maybe first if you capitalize on on Baltimore taking a step back possible? Sure. Absolutely. I think they'll be in the playoffs and it's just being healthy at the right time and, and getting rolling because all you need is a ticket to the dance and, and who knows what will happen.
0: Yeah, more so in baseball than basketball and football, just getting there gives you a chance to win the World Series and a big factor that people can't even adjust for right now. Like there's, we can't foresee what the deadline even looks like. You know, we could sit here and say, what if they get a really good pitcher? What if that pitcher falls apart, right? Or what if that pitcher takes a step forward? Who knows, right? Like Jordan Montgomery was probably the best starting pitching edition of the deadline for the Texas Rangers. And I don't think anybody foresaw him being significantly better than a guy like Justin Verlander. That stuff just kind of happens, right? So, you know, as the season goes on, we'll have to see what the Yankees add, which guys step up, which guys need to be replaced in the rotation or lineup. Those are questions they're will have to answer as well. Who stays healthy? Um, and, and you mentioned the two superstars, Aaron Judge and Juan Soto, right? They're going to obviously anchor this lineup. And if they're not the best, two best hitters on this team, something has gone horribly wrong. Like, I know that people are saying, what if this guy emerges the second best? No, if Judge and Soto are not one and two in some order, something has gone horribly wrong. But... Who do you think will emerge as the third best guy on this team offensively? Is it Glaber, Rizzo, Stanton? Like, who do you have in mind for that role?
1: I, I'm going to go with Glaber. Um, I was really impressed with his season last year. Uh, before we got on this call, I was looking through his metrics, and I think that there's uh, a high ceiling for him this year, and I, I feel also that the fact that he's in a contract year and the Yankees haven't extended him, uh, I don't know if that's on the table at some point this year. We'll see but he's going to be motivated to perform at a high level. I'm sure that those couple down years where he didn't have any power in his swing are still in the back of his mind. Um, but he did a great job last year. He was the most consistent hitter over the course of the entire season for them since Judge missed some time. And I think he'll be an important piece in the middle of the lineup too because I'm not completely sold on Stanton and Rizzo being their former you know, all-star selves. I, I do think that They'll hit some home runs. Rizzo sneaks a lot out to right. And and Stanton, he hit, what, 190-something last year. He still had almost 30 homers or 24 or whatever it was. Um, I don't know if they'll stay healthy, but I think if Glaber can play a full season, he'll have so many RBI opportunities in the middle of the order. Maybe he even hits leadoff and he scores a lot of runs. And defense doesn't seem to be as much of an issue as it was in the past. He does have some brain farts, but... You know, that happens with everybody. I think that's less of a narrative uh, as he's matured. And right. I mean, he's not a baby bomber anymore. I mean, he's one of the vets on this team, one of the longest tenured guys. So they need him to have the kind of season that he did last year and then some uh, to make sure that the Soto Judge comp- competition uh, combination you know, sneaks into the middle of the order too. And you can start to string some hits together and, and score a lot of runs because that was an issue last year, right? It was it was isolated performances in the lineup. They weren't moving guys over and, and driving guys in. Uh, if you get that from Glaber, if he's hitting fourth or fifth or whatever, um, that'll be huge for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I would agree. I think Glaber is this team's third best hitter right now. You know, it's interesting. Like we talked about like Fangraphs projects the Yankees win the AL East, but they also project Staten and Rizzo to combine for 2.1 war, which considering the financial investment that you would consider that a disappointing season to disappointing seasons for them. So I think even the optimistic views of the Yankees are like, it won't be because Rizzo and Staten become superstars again it'll be because they're playable enough and the guys around them take steps forward and kind of the biggest part of this team. And you alluded to this a little bit with like guys like Fulpe, Wells, you know, they need their young guys to take a step forward. And, I think part of the issue with some of the young players that didn't take steps towards last year had stretches where they struggled. Wasn't just their youth, but also communication. They fired Dylan Lawson mid-season. They bring in Sean Casey. They've gone a new direction with James Rosen. I know Casey mentioned he wasn't coming back, so it's unclear if the Yankees were the ones who also said, hey, we don't want him back either. But do you think Rosen and the additions of a guy like even like Brad Ausmus, who has experience in the major leaguer, how much faith do you have that the Yankees or some of these new voices on the Yankees coaching staff Commend those communication issues from last season.
1: Yeah, I think that kind of compounded the uh, injuries and and underperforming guys last year, right? It was just the perfect storm in the worst way. That you also had to deal with a hitting coach change and, you know, I think it was talked about a lot the difference in philosophies from the big leagues to the minor leagues cuz a lot of the affiliates, a lot of the prospects were doing really well, but it wasn't translating to the big league level. So, uh you know, I don't know too much about uh, James Rousen in, in terms of covering him, right? I mean, this will be my first season being around him. Uh, I, I think back to his his intro press conference, the Zoom call with us, and it seemed like he, he knew what he was doing and he had a plan for this year. Uh, just a lot of it will come down to guys being healthy and, and playing well, though. I think it's got to be an individualized approach with a lot of these hitters because so many of them are veterans and like stanton is the most unique hitter in the league right i mean he can be so streaky his swing is uh sometimes weird and ugly but he can also hit the ball 500 500 feet so you've got to work with these guys individually judge is his own hitter soto is a, a phenom and a, and a mutant with what he's capable of doing but then you've got volpe and wells and this is an important year for them as they try to adjust to to big league hit big league pitching so it's gonna take a, a take a village, as they say. I think everyone needs to be, you know, all hands on deck this year. I'm gonna sneak as many cliches in there as possible. Um, but you know, if if Rousin works out and Osmus can bring another veteran, experienced voice to that room, um, those are all good things. But at the end of the day, it's it's the roster that counts the most. And you know, will they bring guys into the deadline or? Is the, the team that's going to Tampa right now the group that's going to get it done? We'll see.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. There are just so many storylines with this team. There's, I mean, we're talking about following the rookies, you know, the Soto storyline. You know, I mean, not even just his performance, but will he come back is a question that started the second we got him, right? Like, how long will he be a New York Yankee? Um, obviously, the pitching staff, that's a storyline in and of itself. You know, James Rose is the first-year hitting coach, right? So that, And it's in New York, so that's going to come with a lot of pressure. Uh, there are a lot of different things that could go right or wrong for this team. And to end things off here, Max, I know you mentioned this a little bit tough because bold predictions, like you don't want to go too crazy, but you don't want to just give an obvious take either. Do you have a bold take for either the team or a player on the team for the 2024 season, and why did you reach that conclusion? Or prediction, excuse me.
1: Yeah, I'll... I'll get to my big one at the end, but just to rattle off a couple off the top of my head, I think Clay Holmes has a really big year. He's so underrated as a closer. It's just an impossible position to be in. Um, And if I'm the Yankees, I try to extend him or at least bring him back after this season. Um, So let's say he's an all-star, right? Uh, I think that Marcus Stroman will distinguish himself as the 1B behind Cole. Uh, the more I look into his numbers and and think about uh, his potential when he's at his best with his sinker, I think he's going to be such a great fit for them. Um, I do think Rodon will have a better year, but I'm higher on Stroman at least right now. I mean, we'll hear from them soon and, and see how their off-seasons went. Um, but let's stick with another new face that we haven't mentioned at all. And I think that Alex Verdugo has a career year. Um, he hasn't been an all-star yet. I, I think that you talk about good fits as much as maybe he left Boston on bad terms, um, it seems like he's really hungry for a fresh start. I think that Yankees fans will eat that up if he's playing well. In terms of him pumping up the crowd, playing hard, uh, you know, getting dirty, going the extra base, being honest and candid in the clubhouse if he's accountable, uh, but also maybe talking some smack. I think that this roster can use that kind of a uh, mindset behind closed doors and also publicly. And just, just in terms of him as a hitter, right, I mean, they can really benefit from him in the bottom of the order in terms of a lefty that's going to put the ball in play. Uh, maybe he has a career year in terms of power, right, at Yankee Stadium, but if they can rely on him hitting seventh or sixth or, or whatever it ends up being, we talked a little bit earlier about stringing hits together, and it can't just be pockets of production. It's got to be a full, well-oiled machine for this team to have success offensively this year. And If he's down there, he's going to get the run scoring opportunities. And if he's going to play every day and left, I think he can handle that defensively with his experience and right at Fenway. And, uh, I expect big things with him and also with Glaber. Uh, They're both in contract years, right? So pressure's on for Verdugo to prove that he's worthy of a, of a big contract and that those off the field, uh, narratives aren't going to be an impact. Um, so, so I'm high on him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, like, first off, I love Clay Holmes. Like, I've been a, a, an avid defender, which it sounds weird to say that I have to be a defender of one of the best closers in Major League Baseball, but we were spoiled with Mariano Rivera. Like, I do kind of understand it. When you go from Mariano Rivera to just really good, it's going to feel like something's off. Um, but in regards to Stroman, it's interesting that you mentioned 1B because when I was at the gym this morning, I thought to myself... Nathan Evaldi, when he signed last year at the Rangers, he was coming off of a year where he was good but not great, had some injury issues in Boston – goes to Texas, and they got, you know, again, with some injuries, and I don't think Strowman's going to pitch, you know, 190 innings this year. I'm going to think it's more around that 160-170 range at, like, the maximum. You know, he was able to be really good in the regular season. He looked like he'd compete for the sign before the injury, and then he proved big in the postseason, and Strowman kind of comes off as a guy who would be kind of just perfect for a playoff environment, as mentioned, pump up the crowd, a lot of energy, Verdugo has that same kind of big energy, big personality, and as you mentioned, I think the Yankees need that. I I really do think there's an angle of this team does need a a guy or multiple guys who have a little bit of spark to their personality, who can make this team, I'm not saying fun to watch, because they have Juan Soto, they will be fun to watch, right? Um, But in a sense give them a little more edge and give them a little more competitiveness. Um, especially in tight, close games, not to say that guys aren't the roster aren't competitive. Like if you're a quiet guy, you don't care about winning or anything of this sort. I think that that's a little bit much, but you get what I'm saying in terms of edge. And I do really, I really like that perspective in terms of, uh, their additions to the roster, but Max really appreciate you having you on. Uh, this is a great episode. Where can we find you? And yeah, plug in everything. We'll throw in links as
1: well. Oh man. Uh, Max T Goodman is my Twitter. Uh, I'm on there uh, over every other social media platform, um, and nj.com/yankees is where you'll find all of my coverage this season. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, like I said at the very beginning, just really itching to get down there and and get going here. It was people don't think about this, but with not making the playoffs, our off season was so much longer than it usually is as as a writer. So as much as we all cherish the time off and getting to spend time with family. Uh, It's been far too long. So I'm I'm looking forward to getting started.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, obviously safe travels to spring training. I know you're going to have a blast. You're going to do a great job covering the team and getting us the information we're looking for at the Yankees. Very excited for the season. Thank you so much for stopping by. We'll have your Twitter account also above your head on the graphic. I know it doesn't show on the Riverside, but it'll be right above your head. It'll be above my, well, mine will be above my head. But links will all be in the description. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Max, thank you so much for stopping by. And have a great rest of your day, everybody. Peace out.